Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller. I hunt for the latest and greatest authors and experts in self-help and ask them the in-depth questions I'm curious about for my own growth. I bring these conversation series to you so we can learn and grow together. In this episode, we wrap up my series on Kendra Hall, and it's the message from her new book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. In this episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my dear friend, to discuss how we create and accept our stories. And as you'll hear, the conversation veers towards striving and aspiring, and the tension between being okay and at peace, and in essence, content with the here and now, with who and how you are and what you have right now. And there's a big piece of all of us who can feel tired of the constant striving and just want to be at peace and have joy now. And to that, we really agree. And we desire that as well. And yet, is that enough? Do we just find a good place of comfort and leave it at that coast from there on? Or is there a responsibility to God or to others or just to yourself to take what we have and grow and give continually? As you'll hear, we feel there is. I mean, the issue is often simply the spirit of our striving. It's kind of like the old religious perspective. Do we carry our belief like a song in our heart or a burden on our back? So if your striving gets to feeling like a burden, I'd say stop. Maybe you need a time of rest or recalibrate. If you're giving and serving and striving in bitterness and acting as a martyr and wearing yourself out, you're likely not helping anyone too much. And the goal is to give from a full heart, to grow and strive in joy. And this is where you'll find us discussing and grappling with you in this episode. Again, you can find Kendra Hall's book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, which was the muse and the catalyst for this discussion. You can find it anywhere you connect with her at KendraHall.com. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast and this episode, I'd ask you to leave a review. Talk about this episode. Best thing you can do is talk about what you hear with someone else. You can always connect with me and find me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I ponder this responsibility of continual striving. I literally just got off recording another hour with Kendra talking about story, talking about her personal values and motives and habits. Uh, it's fresh on my mind, but you just <laughs> listened to the show that I did with her part one. And of course we talked a little bit this morning over coffee with, uh, with our buddy John and I want your thoughts. Let's start off there with story. What resonated with you or the first, the first thing that resonated with me was early on in the in the show, and now I'll have trouble digging it, digging it up. But early on, it was the reflection back for both of you on imposter syndrome. Mm. Okay, and for me, uh, going out into the world with new ideas uh, as a part of that story. On one hand, I'll feel inspired. I'll feel we just got done talking about how can the world not see that healthcare that should, yeah. needs to change in the way that we wanted to change. It must happen. And then, and then we'll bounce around ideas here and there and here and there. And then at the end of the day, I mean, Oh my gosh, it's a 
trillion dollar industry. Who am I to even think anything about that? I'll, I'll try to explain it to Marcy. I'll try to explain it to my parents. They'll be like, eh, you know, so let, it, me know let me know how it goes. You know. So and, is it? Does it relate to the gravity of writing a new story? Of thinking, really, oh, we're gonna. Oh, oh yeah. And 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 here's another one related to. Uh, so where this is hitting me, and we're getting ready to start a new venture with a new person and not, not super brand new, but you know, within my wheelhouse, within my track. And ultimately I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, uh, well, this person that we're going to hire and saying, look, what we're going to do is rewrite the definition of primary care. And the very next breath out of my mouth will be like, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) Who are you to rewrite? Who am I to rewrite anything? And so it's, I can feel the tug of writing my story down that pathway and saying, you know what? It's better to be safe. Like, I, I'm just going to pad what I've got. It's better to be safe. I don't want to stick my neck out. I've already done that, you know, five different times over the course of 15 years. And yeah, I'm not destitute, but none of these things has really hit, you know. But there's, a, but there is a lot at stake. I mean, you've got a business here to run. You've got a wife to be in union with. You've got kids. You've got whatever. So it's not a benign thing to think of the gravity of writing a new show. I don't think we really talked about that with Kendra. We talked about you know the idea of we live in a story that we just kind of believe and don't really take, don't really embrace that we can we can alter that story. As a, but you're talking about the, again, the gravity, use that word of writing a new story, writing a new story, or you could even say writing a new chapter and making a change. I just read a, a new Charles Martin book, mm-hmm. uh, his, it's his new series. It's the water keeper, the letter keeper and the record keeper. I'm on the second one. And of course you're expecting that you get to the new chapter and something new is going to happen. But why is that so daunting? In our own lives. I mean, so you're talking about, okay, Randy's going to write a new chapter for his business that will affect his personal life. And, and, and it, it can, it, it can hang you up or, you know, you get stuck. And then, and what I was hearing from you guys is, okay, if you don't then write that new chapter or you influence the new chapter based on the past, mm-hmm. based on the story that you have been writing you keep potentially writing the same story, then it's you're stucker. That's Robin Sharma, who I had on the show. He's the, the 5 a.m. club. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his quote that I see passed around a lot, it's attributed to him at least, is don't live the same year <laughs> over 70 years in a row and call it a life. I think is mm. it's kind of harsh, but it, you know, the pa- I do appreciate that because we just look at the passing of time and we think that's progress and it's not. It's, it's what we were talking about this morning. With coffee, it's like, who am I? Five years down the road, and and goodness, I, we talk about this with patients all the time. If I'm talking to well, your daughter, it's like, okay, let's not go five years down the road because that's that's an eternity when you're 20. But for you and I, it's 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 a blip. It's a it, we look backwards five years and it went by really fast, and and we can think in. 20s and 30s. But at the same time, so it's easy to get stuck into the same story for 20 years. And, and we're back to that idea of the gravity of, of, right, we've written a marriage 
to be in union with in this way. And right, if I go jumbling things up, then okay, that impacts her. Uh, the, the way the family is. And if I come home one day and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, and this is kind of like with our buddy Patrick, if I come home one day and say, oh, I'm going to be a, a, a river <laughs> stand up paddleboarding guy. Well, that takes time and money and effort and it's me away from the family or maybe they don't like that. And, and so does that mean I don't get to write that story of me as a river guy or, or that maybe they like that? And that is daunting. That the the idea of of story, and and our impact with Donald Miller and Story Brand or Million yeah. Miles, and and even Story Brand and doing the business. I was just thinking about that because we okay. So here's what. So you and I, yeah, we've always talked uh, or talked so long about Donald Miller's book, uh, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, about living a good story. We've got Kendra Hall here, who is a professional that's her profession and, and she gets paid lots of money to stand up and speak and tell, talk about a story. I just had on yesterday or did a show. We haven't published it yet with Ben Hardy on Dr. Benjamin Hardy on his new book, be your future self now. And it came up yesterday and I haven't talked about it in a long time. I talked about, I brought up you talking about the use, talk about the issue of you termed it then as Christian aspiration. Right. You know, but yeah. can we just say, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase that as, uh, out, take, take Christian out of it. Cause it, it was wholesome okay. aspiration. Yeah. Should we not just be grateful for what we have? I'm, I'll bring it down there. Cause there is that aspect of, oh my gosh, do I have to keep striving? Do I right. have to write a new story? Right. Do I have to keep progress? When is do it, I get to hit cruise control? Yeah. Or even is it selfish? To not just be where I am and live out the next, you know, I'm in a good place now. Can I just live that out for the next 20, 30, 40, whatever years do I have to keep aspiring? And I, I appreciate that tension. It's mm-hmm. a good word. Okay. That tension of wanting to be okay today. Can I be grateful for where I am today? And yet, is that enough to sustain you for one, to sustain your own inspiration? Does it not get boring? And I will admit to my own ponderings of responsibility to take what I have and to if further it. You have a good mousetrap. You are morally obligated to bring it to the As world. Zig Ziglar would say, profit. yeah, if yeah. you have a product or service that can uh, help, it's been a while since I've said that, they can help somebody else. You have a, you, he would say you have a moral obligation to sell it. Is so how to bring he it to the world as a, pro, but, as a profit. But, yeah. So to is it enough to just sit on my haunches and coast right now if I can? But I think we all do want. I mean, you we want to live a good story. We're back to Donald Miller and here, here here's where I'm more and more comfortable. I hate the word bothness. Tension is is a better word. Our, our friend Dustin with an open palm and a closed fist, where. The tension the, uh, of choosing, maybe in the morning time and maybe in the evening time, to be at a 100% satisfaction place. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just going to choose to be satisfied with my wife, with my fatherhood, with my business. With, with looking my, at your new window in your home, with my seeing a bear walk by. And, and Yeah, and, and for, for now two weeks, uh, we converted these worthless French doors that were in the way to a window and I put my desk in front of it. And, and now my, my, my morning coffee time is, is at sunrise. So the sunrise comes up over here and shines right on Pike's Peak. Excellent. 
Um, so I, I am choosing to be grateful. I don't, it doesn't make me think, oh, well, I need to tear this down to be able to build a bigger window or strive for getting myself on the second floor. And I, I, I guess there would be other ways to do it better. But I'm choosing to be content with that. Okay. Well, and then at some point during the day, can we not choose? And this is where, and this morning I, I kept referring back to Kotler, Stephen Kotler, who you also interviewed in the book I read was, Future is faster than you think. The Art of Impossible. Oh, The Art of Impossible. The Future is Faster Than You Think is his book with Peter, Peter Diamandis. Yeah. And uh, The Art of Impossible, in which I think he is kind of also, in his languaging, holding together contentment and striving. And then, okay, if, if I'm going to choose to set myself up in the morning to say, thank God, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm aware, I have good coffee, I have a good view, I'm satiated. And then out of this satiation, out of this satisfaction, what's next? What can I do to help my wife, my family, myself, my my muscle strength, my VO2 max, my my tennis game, whatever it is that is going to be happening that day? And and last Friday it was, you know, stand-up paddleboard with Patrick on the river. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And probably am not feeling the pull to be a, a river guy, and and you know my family's not going to do that. We're going to do other things. Uh, but I want to be able to be becoming the kind of guy that can do things with people like Patrick that are outdoorsy and adventurous. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to strive and do some more squats with my backpack. And and not be discon or be a little bit purposefully discontent that I didn't lift as much weight or, or ride as fast as I could have. And then tonight I'm going to be so satisfied that I got to backpack that I got to do these things with you this morning with coffee and with John and we made a show today and next time we'll make it a little bit better. I'm going to be discontent, but I'm going to be, so it's that tension that And that is writing the story, is it not? Well, I, I'm wondering about the word striving. And I have this tendency to think, is there too much negative baggage with that? Does that feel tiring and exhausting, whatever? Like I've got to keep, I've got to keep bigger, better, faster, whatever. And can we take that off somewhat and say, yeah, but there's still, we still want to be, I mean, a story continues, a story goes on to tomorrow. And is it just going to be a waste of time or just a meh, something we don't, we want it to be memorable. And I'm also drawn back to the scripture, the, in the Bible, the parable of the talents and, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, that wasn't, that's a different scripture, but you know, in the but parable the of the talents, of- The more talents you have, the more you do mm -hmm. with that. Is there, again, a responsibility as unto whoever you, we would say as unto God, but we would say unto our families, unto humanity, and I also want to say unto myself. Well, that's what Kendra was saying, unto your bigger story. Does a a story have to be bigger? Hmm. (laughs) Because that's what you were just talking about. So are you Mm -hmm. grateful where you are now? Do you have to make it bigger? Do you have to... I'm playing with words, but you know, they matter. I mean, it matters how we perceive it. I do want to be continually curious, continually. Can I take what I have had the privilege to 
be exposed to, to be revealed and do more and help more people. That's not a striving. That doesn't feel as much of a striving as more of a, a responsibility. And it's also where I find fulfillment. We know that from a purpose standpoint, we find the you most. You just replace your striving with responsibility. And that's, and people are going to say, yeah, can I cease to be responsible? I just want to coast. I want to relax. And, and Kevin, uh, are we a, not dancing a, around the word of bothness? Yeah, there's a, I mean, you're, we're getting into some theology, even from philosophy, the, theology. Yeah. Cause I, well, you answer, I, I would say that I am agreeing with the feeling that I want to make a positive of a responsibility. Yeah. To multiply my talents to. And I think I would agree that if a human being in all honesty was saying, I'm tired. I'm I'm kind of done. I've I've made my nest here. I'm I'm going to coast. I'm okay now. And I would say, gosh, if you're saying that and you're 97, I'm going to be a little bit more okay with that than if you're 47. And if you're so, 17, I'm going to say, man, I think you're wrong. I get your point, but but in reality, when you see, and this isn't a show on retirement or whatever, but I don't often see fruit. In that, okay, now I'm done. I can coast. It's I find boredom and decline for the most part. Yeah, I, and I think most people would agree, right? Like so that well, no, you say that, but that's most people are looking to retire and do that. That there's the tension. Okay. And what does retirement mean? What does coast and relax and all? What does it mean for each individual? And every human who is wanting to. Uh, have a philosophy to to be wise, to be thoughtful. Try not to use words that are going to imply that you have to go and you know be a yogi on a mountain talk, top and read a book. But just be wise and thoughtful, purposeful, meaningful. That does imply striving and responsibility. And we are now in a culture where words like entitlement and you know where where somebody else pays your bills for you and where all of these kind of words are happening, it it's getting confusing to understand what am I actually responsible for? What is aspiration? Why should I aspire? What is accomplishment? And, and all of these things are now bubbling in everybody's own head as their story, as their I do like the word aspire. We use that a lot. I call this an aspiring audience. If you're not aspiring, you're not listening to this show. You're listening to, you know, some crime and, uh, drama and passing the time. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, not it's that, inter- that's it's, bad. It's, it's, it's just entertainment, entertainment. But yeah, how much of that? But aspiring, I do like. So I, I like that better than striving because that almost <laughs> comes with a tiring feeling. But to an aspire, I mean, do would we ever? I think if, how about the word press. That also feels tiring. It feels like pressure. <laughs> it, I like aspire. I mean, do we not? I want to aspire. I want to have, I, I, I appreciate waking up in the morning with things to aspire to. I was actually thinking about you on the retirement thing right now. If we put $500 million in Randy's bank account, you get up tomorrow, <clears throat> win the lottery. You have no need. You have no neat, tangible press, pressure need to work. Okay. You can pay everything off and you're set for life. You don't have to do anything, Randy. You can go paddleboard all day. You can do whatever. And what would, 
you do. I think I'd find you back in the office doing to some aspect, just what you're doing now. You'd probably fund more of what you want to do. I would like to think that I would. You know, what you, else would you do? Well, I don't know. That's where you and I always say, I can't even think. It's like saying, okay, let's play like you wake up tomorrow and you speak Chinese. What would you say? <laughs> like, I don't know I, because that's a, that economy doesn't, but I get it, right? Yeah. Like I, I think, I would like to think that that's what I would do because I have so much meaning and mission and passion and purpose wrapped up in those ideas that I want to, I feel morally obligated to strive to bring these ideas to the world to benefit people. And okay, so then how do I wake up tomorrow without $500 million and do that same kind of thing within my story, within my time and place where I am? And that, that this is the tension. This is the, we're dancing around these words and, and where I'm becoming more comfortable with where I can't even imagine that our kids would have the mental capacity to be comfortable with from... 15 to 25 is walk, is being okay not knowing not having the answer but uh, uh we're back into the you, deep magic mystery you, you, well you and i talked and and john this morning talked about i think i brought it up from talking with ben hardy yesterday about goals you know who were set down and the power of goals the power of let's call it a destination having a destination out here and yet choosing some of those destinations with some grace in essence for ourselves of saying look i'm gonna i'm gonna choose i'm gonna put this out here i'm gonna put it in writing i'm gonna do whatever with the best understanding i have today because tomorrow something could happen that could take away that desire or that opportunity or whatever. So again, the grace, I'm going to put that out there, but I'm not tied to it. And I think that's a struggle too, because we have that thing of, you know, you commit to it and you never deter. And that's great if you're playing football and you know, whatever, but well, the stories of people who write themselves a $10,000 check dated three years down the road and, mm -hmm. and they just commit to the belief of, of the, of that would those things happening. And, everybody's going to have a, their nuance of that. And we have lived and grown up in a delayed gratification kind of a place of, but again, it's much easier when you're younger, when, mm -hmm. you know, you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, you graduate and you move on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And, and then a lot of people that we are talking to get into the middle years and you're like, okay, what are you graduating to? That's an interesting word too. I, but I will ask you from a, I'll ask you from a, a literal faith-based perspective. You feel a response. I'm going to get, I know you, you feel a responsibility. Uh, you, you feel a responsibility to your family, whether that's as a provider financially or just as a father and a husband, um, you feel a responsibility. It's part of your everyday existence that exists as well as your own calling. And you're trying to mesh those, but you do feel a responsibility. How does that, how, how do you, maybe that's a question. I mean, from a bigger picture, recognizing a greater source, do you feel a responsibility to your story? Um, yeah, yes. To furthering your story. Yes. To that in that faith-based construct, I think that we are in 
such a time as this. We're in this place, this time, this season, this whatever, everything. Um, and it's not an accident. And at the same time, it's not a pre-written, predestined, pre-everything else uh, kind of. Right. We're, we're into the attention place again. Yes, I have. Of, I do feel an obligation, a duty, a, a responsibility, and a blessing of a family, of that connection point, that space, that story. And within that is also my own individual story, which is so closely intertwined with these other things that, you know, this, this is that story. That, and that's what I meant this morning by there is the grand overarching arc, which you said, well, does it have to be that big and that grand and that whatever? Well, I wasn't pushing back. I'm just asking. Well, in, in the sense of, I can answer you now, it doesn't have to be, I said the word big and you said, does it have to be big? And I would say in the sense of bigger than you, yes, but not cosmic. Whatever that means. Yeah, so meaningful and worthwhile to... Yeah, bigger than you. Yeah. Okay, and that might be pretty small <laughs> or whatever. It's and, and underneath the arc is all of our individual working outs of the chapters of lives and stories and strivings and failures and pick yourself up again and... I mean, Kinder does have me thinking about my story and the fact that I, I'm going to say the word fact, which I is, has a lot of weight to it. I tend to wake up and just accept the story that I'm in. That is, I, and I'm okay. con- can't, can't that be both bad and good? Because with yes. acceptance and, and you're, you're, you're okay with the now, you're in the present moment, you're not regretting the past, you're not desperately after a better future, you're okay. And then in the next breath, you're like, ah, I got to... Am I playing too small? Sometimes, yeah, yeah, I got to do a little more. Whether that's run a little... Like, how many times have you said, I had another gear? And I went faster. Yeah. And uh, and I had a personal best, and I don't know why, because I slept poorly and whatever. I'm, uh, okay. So the, the the tension of of both being okay and and striving at the same time, I think, is part of what is is divine is part of our divine connection, and then the image of God within us is is the holding of that tension. You started off talking about the imposter syndrome. And we're in a day and age now mm-hmm. where you can't escape the possibility, the probability, the almost certainty of comparison. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're listening, you're not a social media guy, so you're not going on Instagram and Facebook and seeing stuff like that, but you listen to podcasts. You listen to peers with podcasts that are, heck, you listen to some that are vastly bigger than, mm-hmm. than this one. And, from younger guys, it, you got to at some point, like, gosh, am I, am I doing enough? Am I, am I not doing it right? Am They're I not younger, smarter, better, faster? Yeah. I, I mean, you can't not. I mean, I have those people on the show all the time. There's always somebody younger who's done more with less. <laughs> and, and to look at that and to go, gosh, do I? And that's where we can feel that negative pressure. But if I set that off, 
then still, do I feel called to, uh, to use that word or responsibility to continue to write, even if we just say a good story, a good story, maybe if we even take off better. And I'm saying this because you, you know, you and I, and I think a lot of our audience, we're going to by proxy tend to be people who are trying to better. I mean, I believe in self help, you know, let's, let's get better. Let's progress. Let's go. But to just look at the story, am I writing a good story? Could I write it better? Should I write it better? Am I happy today? Am I fulfilled? Are there areas that I need to shore up? And then do I have the belief that I can write a different story that I can alter the chapter? I mean, and of course we, it happens. I mean, right now, if you, gosh, this is, I was going to use a really bad example of a life change, a negative, but if, whether you won the lottery or you lost a child, your mm-hmm. life would change. Mm-hmm. It would change. It would be a forced change. And I'm curious over here on, okay, should I be forcing change proactively? Is that wisdom? Well, yes, sometimes. And, and I'm going to stick with my theme. You should be forcing contentment at some part of your day. And then at another part of your day, you should be forcing improvement, change that we know as creatures who can have this conversation and dance around nearly diametrically opposed concepts. We know that that within that is our calling. We also know that even if you don't force change, you are forcing sameness by definition. And you are writing another day of your story and negatively it's, the same job, the same food, the same TV, the same story, the same perception of entertainment that, I don't know, maybe somebody is t- totally content with and that's their story and they've pulled themselves up out of something else and, that, and they're okay. Okay, we also, do we judge that good, judge that bad, and everybody's going to have a different flavor of this. Um, so I would, for, for me, and... and uh, well, like, may I throw a medical thing in there and say, Kevin, this is the theme of the very first conversation. If somebody comes in and they say, my medical story is stuck, my head hurts, my belly is too big, my heart is going wonky, and I have high cholesterol, and I don't want to. I want to change my story. And then I talk about the word graduation. Well, we're going to start here. We're going to do this and that and this and that and this and that. And over here, six months down the road, we're going to anticipate that you are improving. To the point where they don't need your ongoing Yeah, I want them to graduate out of me. And off you go into the wild blue yonder of your story, your life, your... And and a thousand variations on this theme of what that story looks like and, you know, whether you're trying to not get hurt climbing a mountain or get from a five-minute mile to a a four-and-a-half-minute mile or get from 200 pounds to 180 pounds or a thousand other variations and... All of that. Or if you don't do that, if you don't think that way at all, you're simply following the pathway of least resistance. And metabolically, that is diabetes and overweightness and early, not death necessary, but lingering like we've talked about before. It, it just is. It, now, that's interesting because that is, if we take this from a health aspect, you and I are both over 50 now. If we do not strive in our health and wellness, we will decline. We, we talked about that, right? We talked about that in, in as far as to, to a sense, sure. maintaining where we are is progress. Is 
progress. Because the opposite is decline. I don't know. Well, it's, the, it it's you like when you're driving a car, you've got three things. You've got acceleration, maintenance, deceleration. Okay. And what we're talking about right now is maintenance requires gas. It requires striving. It requires energy. If you take your foot off the gas, you have deceleration. Mm-hmm. Okay, so apply that simplistic kind of a thing, and and I would say even probably you said you know we're over fifty, and I'd say probably around maybe even twenty five these days. If you're not conscientiously pouring energy and thoughtfulness into your metabolism, you are already beginning a deceleration process. You, you're, to, to the aspect of uh, that old we haven't talked about it in a while, but we think of our, I think we we think of ourselves as you know daily we're evolving. We should be growing, changing, getting better. In a lot of ways, daily, we're, if we're not Devolving. making effort, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and the world has now taught our children, who are Gen Zs or whatever they are, that's normal. The expectation that's, of a quicker and quicker. And now we've got, this is like my son, Caleb, talking about people, his peers in their later 20s now, already talking about the things that they can't do that they used to. <laughs> which, which we would laugh at and I, say, oh, wait, just wait. And, and which... My friends from the Air Force who are in their early 60s are looking at me in my early 50s and saying, oh, yeah, I used to. Right? Like it's just a part of normal Western mindset that older is bad, younger is better. And now when you're 28, you can even say that. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you know, you're still skiing. At some point, Randy, when are you going to stop skiing? When is, when's the day going to come and you go, nope, hanging them up? Yeah. You're supposed to do that. And you're, there's people who already have younger than you. There's people who are going to in five years and 10 years. And are we arrogant? And well, we're not because there's people that are doing it. There's, we're, we can go out to the slopes this season and you're going to see some. Somebody who's older and better 85 than 85 year old yep. killing it as well as a five year old who's flying past me. Okay. So I, I'm, I am still, as we're talking, thinking about the responsibility thing. It's, in my, I think we all have the tendency to do it. Let's say we take somebody, let's say they're a business owner and they knock it out of the park, man. They have a, you know, a business, they sell it, they make 50 million bucks. And we have a tendency culturally to say, well, they should be helping people now. They should give back. They should give back, mm-hmm. right? Are any of us, how, how would I phrase this? It's, I would gather that I would say most everybody list you and me standing here and most anybody listening has a relevant amount of abundance, privilege, wealth to mm-hmm. some degree mm-hmm. that there's somebody else who does not have that, that would look at us and say, don't you have a responsibility to do what you can with that? Again, mm-hmm. to, let's take out striving or whatever, but to aspire, to do what you can to from that biblical standpoint to multiply those talents mm-hmm. and that I, I keep trying to phrase it in a way that doesn't feel like the striving, making an effort, getting out and wearing ourselves out. Cause you and I also grew mm-hmm. up in a spiritual context. Mm-hmm. We'd say a religious container where you almost had that you just pour yourself out to there's nothing left at the end and you're just mm-hmm. dragging along and you'll, you know, then go to the pearly gates and live forever on a cloud and sing hymns for 10,000 years. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> And say, gosh, it almost brings into the, the heaven on earth. Is there not a place right now of, of glory that we can have and, and live in and what? Yeah, I, so I, the dichotomy and the tension of, of I'm going to come back to 
if we, in, in, in my faith-based kind of construct and using some of those words that hold meaning, that when Jesus said, I'm here, this, this bothness is at hand, uh, he has brought an awareness to where we can normalize what you just said, where striving doesn't feel like striving. And we all have, I don't know, Aunt Susie, who's got the martyr syndrome of, woe is me, I've given everything, can't somebody ever help me, but oh, don't help, you know, I'm the chief of all sinners, and yada, yada, yada. That, and it's like, well, no, that, that's not it. But didn't we have exemplified in, uh, in many, many stories of, of people throughout history of normal was both giving out and receiving. Mm-hmm. That and isn't this kind of a picture of marriage when marriage is kind of what and, and fatherhood and business? Like I, I wanted to go back to your fifty million dollar guy. Like our society these days, they say, "Oh, that guy, he should give back because he kind of he got more than what he deserved." Yeah. He got an and unfair share. He got an unfair share. And yeah. I would say, well, in all likelihood, that guy probably had a couple hundred employees, a couple thousand instances where because of his giving out, he did receive. And when you get right down to it, you know... I would say he also probably took risks that most were not willing that to others do. He, did, put he, himself, he shouldered the risk. Yeah, he put himself at risk. And he probably had some failures that none of us would take, too. I mean, he paid his dues. He, well, and Bill Gates is worth... Uh, I don't know, whatever, $100 billion. But Microsoft employs tens of thousands of people in India and China. Yeah. And some of the poorest places in the world. Of It is a bone that I pick with people who... who all the time, who it's a the, down the, with capitalism. I think, dude, the guy's not... He doesn't have $100 million or a billion in cash that he's sitting on and keeping from everybody. It's out it's there. It's out in the world, giving Finding. other people jobs. Yeah. And, and I'm not... And this isn't the, the debate will go on forever yeah, as to I'm not what's the right way. I'm not here applauding Bill Gates and Jeff... Bezos and whatever. But. No, the, the point is that you and I have, compared to somebody else, a massive amount of wealth. 100%. If they would and, say, you should have a responsibility. Right, to, and I don't think that responsibility is for me to go write a check to yeah. give all my wealth away because now I'm a poor person. Like I've, I do like the word privilege. If I feel privileged with what, then, then I, in my gratitude, do I want to give back? You know, when I asked Kendra Hall just a minute ago... I, can I change the word? What? You were blessed. That's, you're being spiritual. Uh, yeah, but... It's Christianese. It, 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 well, privilege is something else ease. I, it's, it, um, well, you know what? Actually, I do have a problem with blessed. Because then it, it's, it leaves the door open for somebody to feel like, oh, I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not blessed by this you know, old man in the sky kind of thing, and I got cursed. And I almost want, so I almost, and I, which I have compassion for, and I almost want to say, gosh, I just... But that's fortunate. I don't. Okay. But that's also true privilege. Oh, I guess I'm not. Therefore, you well, that are is. entitled. I'm entitled to receive from you because you're privileged, even though it's just a mental construct. Well, yeah. I mean, the privilege is, I do look at some of it that I, I didn't earn it or deserve it, but I got it. So I am going to do what I can to. I think every human should have that mindset from poorest to wealthiest. Sure. Yeah. So the answer to your question that you start off with is every human should have that mindset. 
And we, scripture also always says you will always have the best. poor among you. Yeah. Because somebody's always less than you <laughs> or less money. And you you are poor compared to somebody else. Looking at our stories, I, I was gonna I, I'm with you. I, I was when I asked Kendra Hall, and this was just prior to this call, talking about values, and I asked her about achievements, her values and her own achievements, and I was asking it in, in the in the context of story. So what's the story she's wanting to write for her achievements? It was a really interesting question because she said you know, she actually didn't answer it. She didn't have something. She didn't say, because I, I thought she was going to say, okay, I want to write another book and I want to do this and I want to achieve, uh, you know, that she'd written out the story. She said she was a little lacking in an answer because she says, honestly, most of the achievements that I would have thought would be the big ones that would have felt big to me and that I would tend to put out didn't feel that big to me. It was the smaller things that I didn't expect that really blessed me. And she actually talked about, I think it was the day before, which actually, as of this recording, but yesterday, that she had a teacher take her aside and talk about the character of her child. She said that, that was it's one of my favorite achievements. It just happened right there. And she talked about the joy in looking forward to helping her kids achieve things. Thinking about you, how much of your achievements are a patient who was at this point that is now at this point. And you look at that as a, an achievement, but that's not your bank. I mean, they paid you, but it's not a bank account. It's not. Can I tell a story from yesterday? Yeah. So our friend, David, who runs a hundred milers. And, um, I told this to John because right after, as when you and I were working together, how often did I bounce next door to your office and say, holy cow, that we help that guy. We can't not help try to help other people. And, and the languaging, and, and Dave resonated so much with it to say, where along that graduation idea, where rather than talking about the concreteness of high cholesterol and high sugar and low this and high that, it's we're talking about the nuance of of contentment, of satisfaction. What is the biochemistry of somebody who can sit in a room by himself alone and say, gosh, I, I'm just, I am okay. And, and that, that is an achievement that, like she was saying, that's so small. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't understand. Humans can't do that. That is massive. Uh, and so I, I just stood on that and, and chewed on the words with John to say, and the gift it was to me for him to say, thank you. I, I'm, this has been such a good conversation, even though I did nothing for his cholesterol or his what I didn't give him medicine. I didn't do any doctory whatever things. We just talked about his, his lab results and what it kind of means and what his trajectory is. And do you feel a sense of improvement that last year in 22, you were here in 23 is going to be there? And, uh, and for him, the word was resilience. We, that we've, we've come back to so often and say, well, how do you measure resilience? Well, if you're talking about cholesterol, you're already diseased. You're unresilient. You are chinks in your armor. You're broken. And to work with a person who over the course of time, and he was five, six years ago, there was abnormal metabolic numbers. And now I'm like, man, you, you get an A. So like, like, um, uh, and, and, and I couldn't put into words to John to say that it, 
And Denver, who worked with me a long time ago, we would say that there's a sacred moment there of that, that breath, that, that point of satisfaction. That that's why back to the 500, if I had a million dollars in the bank, I would still want to provide a product that people could buy that helped them get to that point of saying, okay, uh, and now I'm going to turn the page of 2022, look at 2023, and what is that going to be for him? And, you know, he's a guide out there in the woods, and he does these things, and and he can now, with a little bit more confidence, say, yeah, I'm going to be 66 and 76 and still doing that, because that fills him up. And I hope that he and I are still having a conversation a couple times a year that he says, yeah, I, I feel confident in that, and, and that, so... Is that an achievement? I I think, yeah. Well, it may... Okay, if we look at... Yes. Because if we look at purpose, if we look at the concept of purpose, where do we as humans, historically, statistically, I want to say proven, but we find the greatest purpose in serving others and having meaning in other people's lives. I mean, there's just... It just over and over and over boils down to every guest I have on that. The only reason they took the effort to write a book... Of course they enjoy the money. Of course it feeds the ego, but they ultimately said, Oh, I want, I experienced something. I want somebody else to experience. It's no different than the person who's holding out their genes from being obese, who lost it saying, Oh, I feel so much better now. I want to help you. And so is the greatest achievement, the purpose that we find in helping other people. I would say, yeah. And as you tell the story, as you were just sitting there telling the story and I'm watching the light in your eyes of what, it meant to you to have meaning to this other person. I'm thinking, man, do, Randy, I want you to write a good story. Continue writing a good story. Get yeah. on there. Think about your future self. Listen to Kendra and write that story because it ins- it's helping people and it inspires me. And it inspires me. And, and if we think I, for anybody, it's so often is the case. It helps me so much to be a father to think of what do I most want for my kids? I more and more these days, I don't, I mean, of course I want them to have a job that supports them and they can take care of themselves and whatever, but I don't really care for them to conquer the world. I want them to have joy. Why? Cause it gives the rest of the world joy. Is there, I mean, do we want to say, would we ever say, dude, I want you to kill it, graduate from Harvard at age 18, get a wall street job, make a million bucks. It's okay. If you're kind of miserable. Because we, we would never say you, that. Yeah, right. We by proxy think of things we want for them because we think it's good for them. But at the end of the day, we want them to be just joy. Do you care how much money or where they graduate from or what kind of job if you call them up and say, how you doing? And they go, man, it's just awesome. I love today. We're back to contentment, satisfaction. Can you wake up today and choose to put that into your day and with and, you know, I think you can, even if you're in a phase of terribleness, mm-hmm. that it's a, it's, a, it's a possibility. And we're back to that giftedness, privilege of not terribleness um, and, and being able to have this conversation and say these things. We're raising kids, and sometimes they think that their school day is terrible. Uh, and there are terrible, terrible things happening to a lot of people out there all the time. Um, and you and Kendra talked about that too. Like, you know, we can't be trite about this and say, oh, just, you know, rewrite your story, even though you're in a terrible, terrible place. Right. 
but you can, and that is the infinite mystery of the divine part of the role that we are playing in the cosmic world is you can change the way you think. That is a possibility. Yeah. And I'm, it's not easy. It's not hard. And it's, it's all those things. But, and that's where I think you and I are saying, yeah, I sense that through fatherhood mm-hmm. and the hard things of business, the hard things of marriage, the hard things of, of making it through the day and, and the drudgery pieces is part of the story of meaning influencing people even even back to donald miller and folks i mean he wrote this donald miller if you don't know him he was initially a in the christian realm and he wrote these memoirs that took him further and further out of the basic box container of religion but just his stories and they were so meaningful to a lot of people and and us included and he wrote a book called a million miles in a thousand years about living a good story and even the construct of what makes a good story. And he took in movie scripting and how they do that. And it's a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. That's the heartbeat of most great stories. And again, looking at that, I find myself more and more, even as we talked about of the responsibility and striving, I think I feel less these days and yet more, joy and peace in just writing an interesting story, one that I'm excited to wake up to. And again, like I talked about this morning, not judging and trying to, I talk, this came up with, with Kendra again, trying to justify what we're doing. She was trying to say that. I'm, I'm, she says, I'm a storyteller. What is that even? <laughs> I, I, people pay me and stuff, but am I saving the world? And, and we kind of said, I, she doesn't have to justify it. No. I mean, and it, it's life. It's life. And it's, interesting to her and it makes her come alive. And what is that? It made me, as you were talking a second ago, I even thought about my youngest kids. I, you know, my Jadaria is 10 and she's still little. And if you ask her, you know, what's exciting, she's thinking about the next drawing or a, a fun show, or can we go on a hike and just having joy in her day? And I almost feel to the point now of it feels arrogant. I will say even unto God to not have some fun in this day. Would my, would my father not want my earthly and my spiritual father not want me to look around and have gratitude for the good things in my life, to enjoy it, to play, not just be a workhorse and a mule and a Sherpa. You you see how we've come back around. We have like to, we started off saying, shouldn't we strive? Shouldn't we give back? Shouldn't we have a perception of, well, how on earth, Kevin Miller, are you going to take time and play when people are dying every day because they don't understand healthcare or, or yeah. what the, what my friend Dave went through? Like, how can I even rest? And we've all known people who burn themselves out and, and actually create a picture of life that, that doesn't look that good. Remember we saw the picture of the two cooks, one who is uh-huh. dairy free and gluten free and corn free and soy free, and you know looked like a haggard uh-huh. something or other. And this other lady said, "I don't know, but wine and chocolate." That's <laughs> yeah, <fine>. yeah. <laughs> that well, it, okay. So you you just and I, and I feel like all of a sudden, so much of what we're talking about with this striving, with this writing a new story, a, a, a c- continuing story. I was about to say better, but you know, a growing, evolving, changing story is just our spirit around it. 
that yeah, yeah, your mental framework, your attitude, your spirit you could, around. You could do that and go lament. Oh my god, I guess another patient, yeah. somebody else who's He's wrecked. Created and a I gotta problem go in fix. their whole life, and yeah. As and opposed, I go in and fix as opposed to the joy of going, oh my gosh, I get to help this person, and I have the privilege I, of. I say it every day. Every day is is as as a part of my you know spiel or my product. Kevin, would you like to buy this product? I get the privilege of working with you at the interface between body and spirit of soul and metabolism. Yeah. Like there's something there and the, you know, the physicists will never figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that is deep magic and mystery and whatever we want to call it in there. You and, and I, uh, and now you actual Kevin Miller get to go and interface with that through word and language construct, never quite hitting it perfectly, but getting the opportunity to, to, to make it a little bit better and write another interesting chapter. And that, I, we should stop right there, but you mentioned the word sacred. I want to pull that out and I want to be able to look at, to acknowledge a sacred moment in every day. And in mm-hmm. that, what do I most want to do? I probably most want to share it with somebody else and help them experience that and uh, write a good story. We just got to do that right now. All right. Well, friends, again, you can find Kendra Hall's book, again, our catalyst for this conversation, at Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Or not at, that's the title of the book. Uh, you can find that just about anywhere. And you can connect with her at KendraHall.com. Uh, you can also find Dr. Randy James at TrueLifeMedicine.com. Thank you again, as always, for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. Again, if you got value from this show, from this episode, really ask you to leave a review and talk about what you got out of the episode. And the best thing you can do is uh, pay it forward. Talk about what you learned, what you heard, what you thought with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others. 